0: This is Patty Scalzo, welcoming all our listeners to Sheer Jeshub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Fellowship of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, and I will be continuing our series on Heavenly Authority. And now, let's go into the study.
1: In our last program we were examining the response of the Israelite people to Moses. We saw how they blamed Moses and complained and grumbled against him any time they were in a difficult situation or came up against any adversity. Though he was God's appointed leader and the Lord worked mighty miracles through him, they turned against him time and time again and found him a convenient target for their anger and fear and persistent unbelief. And as we studied in the last program,
0: the Lord saw their complaints against Moses and Aaron for what they really were, complaints against him. Today in Numbers chapter 14, we are going to see the incident where they finally go too far, where they grumble and try the Lord one too many
1: times. This occasion follows the return of the 12 men whom Moses sent to spy out the land of Canaan, the land promised by God to the descendants of Abraham. While two of the men, Joshua and Caleb, told them that the land was exceedingly good and that they could go up at once and take possession of it, that they were well able to overcome it with the Lord. The other spies gave a bad report, describing how the cities were fortified and how the people who dwelt in the land were strong and of great stature. We read in chapter 14, starting in verse 1,
0: that upon hearing this, all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another,
1: Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. They complained against the Lord, and they complained against Moses and Aaron and desired new leadership that would take them back to Egypt. Not only that, but we are told that as Moses and Aaron fell with their faces to the ground, the congregation of Israel sought to stone them along with Joshua and Caleb. This was too much. The glory of the Lord appeared at the tabernacle before all the Israelites, and the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me, with all the signs which I have performed among them? I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. And again we see the shepherd's or
0: pastor's heart of Moses displayed. Over and over he would intercede for the people entrusted to his care. Back in Exodus, after the golden calf incident, we read how Moses returned to the Lord on the mountain to intercede for the people. In Exodus chapter 32, verse 31, we have this impassioned prayer. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, O these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a god of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me i will blot him out of my book now therefore go lead
1: the people to the place of which i have spoken to you and now here in the book of numbers with the israelites desiring to stone him moses does not accept the lord's offer to strike down these people and replace them with a greater nation that would come from him instead he is unselfishly concerned for the lord's name and for the people he says to the lord in numbers 14.15 Now if you kill these people as one man, then the nations which have heard of your fame will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring these people to the land which he swore to give to them, therefore he killed them in the wilderness. Then he continues, Pardon the iniquity of this people, I pray, according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. But although God hears Moses' prayer not to totally destroy the people,
0: still this latest rebellion is the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. The Lord continues in verse 22, Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have put me to the test now these ten times, and have not heeded my voice, They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. Then down at verse 27 he continues, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who murmur against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel murmur against me. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness, all of you who were numbered, according to your entire number, from twenty years old and above. Except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell in, but your little ones, whom you said would be victims, I will bring in, and they shall know the land which you have despised.
1: But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. The price they paid was great. That generation would not enter the promised land. And until they died, their sons would have to endure as shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days in which they spied out the land. And their impertinence towards Moses does not end here. In chapter 16 of the book of Numbers, we have the account of the rebellion that was instigated by Korah, the Levite. Patty, could you read verses 2 and 3? Sure. And they rose up before
0: Moses with some of the children of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, representatives of the congregation, men of renown. They gathered together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You take too much upon yourselves, for all the congregation is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why
1: then do you exalt yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? Patty, we're going to look more closely at this incident in a future program. But for now, we want to note that even after all that had gone before, even after all the validation of Moses' God-given authority, after all the miracles and all the interventions which Moses had made on their behalf, still there are those Israelites who turn against Moses. And notice what they say to Moses. Why do you exalt yourself above the congregation of the Lord? They're saying, Why do you set yourself above the rest of us? We are all holy, every one, and the Lord is with us all. And certainly God was in the midst of the Israelites, but this was by his grace and because of Moses' prayers before God. For the people had been striving against God's plan from the very beginning. Remember, they had seen early on the victory they had won over the Amalekites, simply because Moses held up his hands on the top of a hill, overlooking the battle. Had they truly been holy servants of God, they would have been standing with Moses, holding up his hands, figuratively speaking, the whole time of their journey, even as Joshua and Caleb had worked with and not against him. But they were not holy, but instead they were obstinate and filled with sin and unbelief. And remember,
0: Moses, who we are told is the humblest man on the face of the earth, did not seek to place himself in this position of leadership. Rather, God placed him there.
1: And that brings us to our next important principle in our study of heavenly authority. When people do not wish to respond appropriately to God, they will not outwardly respond positively to authority which he has truly established. They will grumble against the true heaven-sent leaders with the common complaint Who does he think he is? Who is he to tell us anything? Or as we saw in our last program, look what he's done to us. The attitude these 250
0: leaders of Israel are showing towards Moses is the same as the response of the chief priests and elders to Jesus, which we studied at the beginning of our series. Fallen human nature does not recognize heaven-given authority. It is resentful perhaps in part because God's chosen leaders are not what is expected or
1: desired. But the Lord did a new thing. The ground split apart on the Korah and the rebellion's leaders and swallowed them alive along with their households. And a fire from the Lord consumed the 250. But did it change the hearts of the people? In Numbers 1641 we read, On the next day all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron saying you have killed the people of the lord and again they gathered against moses and aaron the lord's wrath then came upon the people to consume them with plague but moses once again intercedes with aaron this time standing right in the midst between the dead and the living making atonement with the fire and incense from the altar, so that israel would not be totally destroyed the plague stopped Yet 14,700 people had perished. Finally, the grumbling and hard-heartedness of the
0: Israelites even gets to Moses. In Numbers chapter 20, we read how, When they came to the wilderness of Zin, there was no water. So again the people gathered together against Moses and Aaron. Reading at verse 3, And the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness, that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up
1: out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? The Lord tells Moses to take his rod and speak to the rock before their eyes, and it would yield this water for them. Remember the similar incident that occurred earlier at Massa and Meribah, which we studied last time. God had told Moses to strike the rock from Horeb with his rod and water came out. And we saw that the rock was symbolic of Jesus and the smiting symbolic of his crucifixion which provided the waters of everlasting life. But now Moses is not to strike but rather to simply speak to the rock. And here we have the wonderful illustration of how Christ died once for all to save us. He does not need to be crucified over and over again. Rather, we simply speak the word of faith in what Christ, our rock, has already accomplished, and we have access to the free waters of life. But Moses is angry with the people, and his anger causes him to sin and ruin this
0: beautiful symbolism. He gathers the assembly together and tells them in verse 10, Hear now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod and water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given
1: them. Later Moses would say in Deuteronomy 1.37, The Lord was also angry with me for your sake, saying, Even you shall not go in there. Their grumbling ultimately affects Moses so that even he cannot go into the Promised Land. And here is our next point. It is not too difficult a thing for a complaining congregation to bring down a true leader from God by discouragement and corruption. It is not too difficult a thing for a complaining congregation to kill a work from the Lord.
0: We love to hear from our listening audience. So if you have any comments or words of encouragement, please send them along to us. Also, may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting our church's evangelical outreach. Please send all correspondence and donations to Shear Jeshu Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. We would also like to extend an invitation for you to join us for Sunday service if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area. Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shear Jashub.